how was the uh how was the drive home oh it was pretty good actually um it wasn't as hot as i thought it was gonna be <laughs> so um that was always nice uh the uh, weather over here in western montana uh the forecast called for a really hot day and actually wasn't quite as hot so that made the the drive a little more bearable since my yeah. ac went out in my rig <laughs> where were you over at um over near uh kalispell if you know if you're mm-hmm. uh, familiar with that area yep yep i uh i actually work uh, for an outfitter out of that area oh, Cody right What's the outfitter? outfitting uh cody Carr. Right yep so he's uh he's actually a pretty big outfitter in uh western montana and he does all sorts of hunts deer elk mountain lion you name it just about everything and he actually, uh, as of this year, uh, since Montana, the legislators in Montana recently uh, passed um, bear hunting with the use of hounds, um, he hired on a couple guys for that. And uh, we can get into that later. But yeah, I end up working for him a little bit this year. Right on. Yeah. How far of a drive home is it for you? Oh, about a about a 45 minute drive so it's a little jaunt but i mean that's just living in montana everywhere <laughs> you go happens to be a jaunt <laughs> right well yeah, i should so. probably introduce you before we go too far because i think this is going to be this is going to be an interesting podcast like we should have just oh. recorded the hour-long phone conversation we had the oh man probably <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is uh aaron kelly and he had reached out to us a while ago. I mean, really early on in your hound career, right? As far as oh. podcast and being a listener. And then it, things went kind of crazy. You got busy and we just kind of reconnected and you had an idea. And And I think that this is going to be really good for the listeners of all stages. You know, we've got our beginner novice houndsmen. We've got the guys that have, gals that have been in it for, you know, let's say that middle experience range and then you've got the died in the wool guys that have been doing this forever but Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be really good but before we get into too much i really want to talk about your early start because you're real recent in the hounds right oh yeah um so i think i reached out to you in uh actually january of this year um and that was just after yeah, yeah, and that was uh, you know I only I only had one hound at the time I'd I'd got a a blue tick pup in December um, of twenty one and uh, and yeah I was just uh, kind of lost in the sauce and I'm like man I don't know where to start so I got into the books uh, found a couple podcasts and really like this one um, so yeah I reached out um, kind of because. I had a what I thought was a a pretty uh, a pretty young and um, young but uh, instinctual pup. So like when I say that, um, it just it seemed like that pup kind of just had a nat- natural ability. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like, man, I don't want to ruin this dog. Um, so I need to like learn as much as I can. Cause I have no idea where to go, where I'm even going with this. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> listen to you guys, I, well, I listen to you guys, uh, you know, you, I hear one word, um, <laughs> often and that's, you know, having them train wrecks, um, <laughs> the use of that word. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything against you, Jason. <laughs> but, hey, I uh, have more than my fair share over the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I was just, um, one of those things for me was, man, I, I, I know I'll have lots of train wrecks through this journey. Um, but how can I mitigate those as best as possible? Damn. Um, and so that's kind of why I reached out to you, uh, in the first place. And, and like you said, life got real, real busy. Um, just on the military side of things, I'm in the army national guard. Um, so things got pretty busy on that end and, and you know how life gets, just oh, things yeah. hit you, blindside you a lot. And so, um, but it's it's been quite the journey uh, since then. 
um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of had to, had to embrace every moment of it so far. Yeah. And what's interesting is, I mean, really it got crazy busy for you in a very good way when it came to the dogs <sighs> and you kind of had, I mean, just in our talking over the phone, you had the year that the guys in that novice area, you know, that novice class, I would say, like we all wanted to be, or they're there right now. And you are one of the very few people I've ever talked to that it was like, you came out and things happened to line up and everything was really going great. And you found a really obscure issue with that, that I think a lot of people overlook and they don't think about it. It's like they finally hit the the big time where, you know, like it's solid. They're going out, they're going catching. They got confidence. And you took that and you really looked at it retrospectively and realized uh, you put it a very good way. And I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage you used, but you were saying like you had missed out on some of the learning points, but it was able to help you reflect on others that you, you know, possibly would have missed. It just kind of gave you a different perspective, which I thought was really it's really cool to hear people when they start analyzing and getting into the, the deeper meanings. I nerd out on it. Like that's oh, my yeah. thing is there's always questions of why, why did this happen? Why did the dog do this? What can I do to better our odds or correct this issue? So absolutely. When you started, you just started with those two pups you said, right. And you had one finished dog. Yep. So you know, after listening to all your podcasts and, and listening to guests that you guys have had, um, I started kind of deducing some things and realizing like, um, and, and along with your podcasts, it was, um, you know, reading books like, uh, trained by, a, uh, trained by a hound dog by advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and realizing that, uh, you can, you can start a pack of dogs, um, often and, and you can, have a f- finished like phenomenal product um what with just training them from the ground up but i was kind of like man i'd like to ha- start you know get into this a little bit more a uh, little uh quicker um and i just don't have time to raise you know a bunch of pups from the ground up and so i reached out to a friend who had happened to have an older plot dog pup trainer um and and he's like hey man like this pup this pup trainer is gonna really help you along um and get those pups kind of straight lining for you and and so i was like all 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 ears um ready to hop on that because you know like i said listening to you guys um and reading those books it's like you a a finished a a well-finished dog is instrumental um, and helping younger pups that haven't quite figured it out. Um, and so, uh, I went over to, uh, Butte, Montana, if you know where that's at and picked mm-hmm. up that's, uh, that plot dog. It was a seven year old plot dog, uh, named Tink goofiest plot dog you ever meet, man. I tell you what, um, you, you mentioned that dog's name and boy, that, that dog would just start barking like crazy like i'm ready to go and you know some people (laughs) might not like a dog (laughs) like that but i i just loved it it just added a unique personality to the mix but uh but yeah we uh it was just those three dogs come um april 15th the beginning of bear season and uh could i pause you has this dog was he an experienced bear dog before or was he like a finished lion dog that you were trying to switch over Oh yeah, I guess I should mention that. Um, so this dog was had been on, you know, uh, apparently from what the from from what my buddy told me, this dog had been on hundreds of bears and, oh, and quite a few lions, you know. So um, it's real finished in both regard, like you know, in in regard to lion and bear. Uh, so I was pretty stoked. Uh, needless to say, that you know, I was adding this dog to my pack. Mm-hmm. Um, now the only thing with this dog was she was definitely, uh, um, she did climb trees, so she'd have her faults, right? Some guys oh, just can't stand a dog that'll climb a tree. That's um, the worst. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that was a, I think that was kind of a reason I got a deal on her because he just didn't like the fact that she climbed trees. Um, and you know, that messed her joints up too. It made her a seven year old dog kind of act like a a 10, 11, 12 year old dog, you know? So that, that was a little tough. Um, you know, I couldn't run her every day, but I could run her, um, for as much as I needed. Um, so yeah, she was she was real real well finished dog on both bear and lion and um, I took her out on April fifteenth, being the opener for the bear season, and um, and I realized you know after running these roads that I'm like I don't know <laughs> I don't got dogs that can that I know of that can strike you know and I you know here I am kind of just um, trying my hand and and kind of probably producing a, um, getting ready to produce a train wreck. Just, you know, um, that's my style. I just kind of go ahead into things sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and I realized I'm like, man, I'm not getting any strikes. But then I started, um, I started asking around and, and a lot of the locals that were, that had real good cat dogs, they were kind of telling me that, um, you know, that this is going to be really easy for them. They got well-trained cat dogs. So going into bear, they should have no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, few days in, you start hearing, man, I just, these, these, these bears aren't moving around. And, and I'm sure that, you know, when, when it comes to early bear season, um, the bears don't do, move around as much. And, you know, I uh, compared to late May, early June. Um, but it it went to show me, right. That, that some of these guys who thought that their good lion dogs could just pick up bear hunting, like nothing weren't like they, they were having some serious issues. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it kind of showed me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing the same thing as these guys, you know, run, you know, driving around these roads and hoping to strike a bear. I got to adapt. I got to try something different. And it wasn't until um, my buddy uh, Jake Calloway and I started um, free casting our dogs, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as you know, just kind of hiking around in the woods, side hilling or finding a trailhead and just kind of walking them dogs off the leash um, that we started experiencing some success. Um, uh, like I said, one of the first bears of the year, I took my three my three dogs out and uh my that that goofy old plot tink started going up the hill wagging her tail head down and all of a sudden she started blowing up and those two pups were running right behind her and they blew up too and and mind you my pups had never seen a bear um and they i didn't do any raccoon uh you know training or anything like that uh, just all drags bear scent and stuff like that um Mm-hmm. and uh in the, the before i knew it man um these dogs are on a race and they are all together um but what was kind of funny to me was you know when you're in that point in the race when your dogs jump the animal when you get that frenzied barking if you're close enough to hear them or your gps sometimes you know it could look like a hook like a sharp hook or a turn um and it helps if you got a handheld that gives you a bark indicator too. that but uh anyways oh, yeah. I, I was at a point in that first race where i knew they jumped that bear because um all the dogs just got into this frenzied barking right almost like when they get to a tree you can some some dogs just have a different treed bark to them right they mm-hmm. they're a little more frenzied they, they see that animal or they can really smell that animal um extra hot and um, these dogs just were frenzied. And so at that point I realized, okay, something's a little going, going on with my pups, both my pups. Um, I had a younger blue tick and, and a young leopard cur, and, uh, they're both under a year. Uh, they started bouncing, you know, back and forth. Um, you know, they go hundred yards, 50 yards away from, uh, my plot dog. And then they'd come back in for a little bit and bark and then bounce out. And so they, it was showing me 
that they were kind of unsure or hesitant um, sure. of, of what was going on. And, you know, um, like I said, they were, they were under a year. So some guys, you know, um, might not even put their dogs out on a, on a bear race, you know, right. if, if, if their dogs are under a year and that's, that's totally okay. It's just, I think a lot of guys, it's kind of by preference. Um, but, uh, and, and, and what they like to do, but, for me, I was willing to kind of gamble a little bit and see if these pups had what it took. And, and, um, you know, a mile later, uh, that bear was treed. Now I didn't have those pups any of the pups weren't on it, but that, uh, that goofy old plot, she had that thing treed and, and my pups were within a couple hundred yards of it. So it was definitely a, uh, a pretty interesting first race, but the first bear and I think a really important bear for those pups, um, in their oh, progression. Yeah. Cause even though, you know, they didn't really completely finish that race, they got a, to smell and see that bear running through the woods. And I think that's just a super important piece of the puzzle for any, any young dogs is seeing that game running through the woods, you know, oh, yeah. the, the target game. Um, and so, it was kind of a couple races similar to that, um, about three, um, that uh, finally got me to the point, got those dogs to the point and where something clicked with both of those pups. We're like, hey, these bears aren't as bad as we thought. We haven't had a mean bear yet, so everything's good, you know. Um, and yeah, it's all hunky dory. Um, yeah, it was all it was all hunky dory for those those pups, and they were, and and they clicked, and they were dialed in. And after on my fourth race of the year, um, from that fourth race on, they started finishing and at times leading every every one of my races. That's um, awesome. Yeah, no, it was it was something that like. A lot of this too, Jason was 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 some serious luck because um, I'm I'm talking to you right now as a still very green, very novice um, houndsman that I'll be the first to admit I I do not know much, but I know something. So you know, kind of thing. So uh, uh, you know, you got it, something pretty special right. going on, really. Oh, absolutely. I, I got uh, very lucky in, in the pup department as far as, you know, dogs that, that were picking up things quickly um, and didn't require a ton of, of groundwork and a ton of exposure because some dogs, you know, it takes it that. It takes that to get them going. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, uh, so it was, it was definitely um, a quick start as far as, like, you know, my pack's progression. And, and it wasn't until a little later in the season, about the beginning of May, I start, I had, I had probably already treat just with those three dogs, like 15 bear, 14 or 15 bear. And this was like second week of May. And I'm like, man, I, I'd kind of like to, you know, try my hand at, uh, you know, guiding some people on, on some hunts, you know, I'm, I can go out now and dialed in. I'd like to, I'd like to give it a shot. We got a good bear population over in this area. Um, but then I started realizing, well, you do get, there are some mean bears out there and it'd be nice to have, it'd be nice to have a couple, you know, uh, other dogs in the mix. Um, and so I went down to Arizona and picked up, um, to one, one was, a one was a started, um, black and tan and the other, uh, two, two mostly finished dogs, right? I'd consider one kind of a started black and tan and one dog was a, uh, finished plot dog. And I got a guy, this guy, uh, former, um, outfitter was kind of getting out of everything. And he's like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I'll cut you a deal. He saw a post of mine online and I'm like, yeah, I'll come down and pick him up. Um, mm -hmm. and so I, I went down there, picked up two, two pretty decent dogs and, uh, came back and, um, and word kind of got around that I was kind of thinking about guiding. And um, like I said, uh, Cody, Cody Carr reached out and was like, hey, man, I'm willing to give you a shot. Um, would you want to do some part time guiding this year? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm jumping at the, the opportunity. And so um, 
I think the third week of May I started for him. No, it was, yeah, about the third week of May. Um, he signed me on and I took my first client out and um, had an absolute blast. I didn't know if I was going to if I was going to hate it, if I was going to love it. You know, it was kind of one of those <laughs> things like I want to kind of dip my toes in the water on this, you know, just see if it's something I, I enjoy doing. And um, I had an absolute blast. We went out with a client from Utah um, and and he wanted to uh, shoot a, his, uh, a bear with a bow. And and so, you know, some houndsmen, that's definite. No, no, they don't like it. And but here I am. I told you I'm I'm, I'm young. Right. So I uh, I'm a little more risky and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> than I should be, I think. And um, so I'm, you know, as a risk taker, I, I, you know, I agreed. I'm like, yep, just, you know, just make sure, you know, I gave him the whole rundown. Make sure to let me, you know, tie my dogs back and assess the tree before we really make sure. any kind of decision. Um, and and I told him, and I I brought in a rifle just in case, right? Um, I wanted just to, you know, at, at least if he couldn't shoot it with his bow, he'd come away with it, a bear, right. a nice bear with a, a rifle. And uh, so um, we started uh, on an early morning, uh, kind of in the middle of may and he uh and he was super stoked he had never been out like on a on a (laughs) um i guess on a a hunt with the use of hounds right so he was super stoked just to have see the dogs and and you know just kind of curious too about it all he was like man that's cool um, I'd like to kind of see how you guys work with each dog. He thought it was super cool that I could be like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Mabel. That's Tink back there. You know, he thought it was super cool that I could um, pick out each dog just distinctly by their bark. People um, are always blown away by that. You know, like yeah. us as houndsmen, we're like, what's the difference? You know your kid's voice. Like, it's you just oh, got to yeah. spend the time with it. But everybody I've ever talked to, they think I have hound dog or Tourette's. You know, somebody whines in the kennel and you know who it is. that's cool so he got a really cool first look at hounds and he was an open-minded guy like i mean obviously he's on a hound hunt but with no exposure before that's pretty cool to hear oh yeah no he was he was all about it him and his buddy were that he actually brought his his brother um along for the hunt and they just both thought it was the coolest thing ever um um just being able to be out there with that. They were, they were dog guys anyway, though, you know, they had their house dogs. They loved having, you know, um, right. they loved having dogs around and they, and what they found um, super interesting was, uh, was the fact that I was so invested into each dog. And I think most houndsmen are, you know, most good houndsmen out there are going to be uh, invested into each one of their dogs. And, and I'm just sure. I might be a little overly invested into each one of them, but, uh, I'm just, I'm a sucker for dogs. So, um, but yeah, we, we started early in the morning and, uh, you know, I was kind of getting, this is my first hunt, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, you know, I'm like, man, I don't know how (laughs) this is going to go. These dogs have been doing good and I've been kind of talking them up. Um, (laughs) there wasn't a paycheck on it before. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was definitely feeling the pressure and I, not a peep out of these dogs like for the first several hours i'm like oh this is uh and then you know then they're starting to ask questions about oh so like do the dogs normally not make any noise and i'm like well you know uh it just kind of depends if there's been if there's been bear in the area usually they're they're a little more talkative and um and and we'd be hearing them but uh but yeah it it just doesn't seem like there might have been much movement you know just trying to kind of come up with you know um and speculate on you know why why those dogs might not be uh, sure. really really sounding off or or picking up anything um, because you know the dogs I was running they were uh, they're pretty fairly cold nosed right so if you got a bear on top of a ridge and you're going down that creek bottom um, and there's a bear on the adjacent ridge line you know a lot of times they could win if the wind's in the right direction they'll win that sucker right. Um, so they'll pick it up. It might not be the strongest strike in the world because they still got to work it, work that where, where they're picking that bear up from. But, you know, there's, they'll, they'll kind of sound off with something. And, 
um, that wasn't even happening. But I, I turned around and this is what's and this is where the novice in me really comes out um, playing the wind and all that, uh, because just turning around and, and it could have been as something as easy as, you know, this bear across the road. But turning around, we, we got to the top of this ridge line. We turned around. It was, we were probably about seven miles back in there in the woods, turned around and started heading back down because at the time there's still quite a bit of snow up in the mountains and, you know, you can't make it way back in the back country uh, unless you got like sure. a sled or something. And on our way back down, those dogs just blew up, you know, just absolute frenzied, good strike, good hot strike. Um, Covered and ground. So, you just drove over it. Right. Right. And, and so I'm like, you know, I, and I was kind of mentioning to, to the client, um, I'm like, Hey man, like you will know, uh, like when these dogs sound off, it ain't going to, especially on a good strike, like they're not going to, they're not going to give us a little, little bits of bark in here and there or something like an uninterested bark. Like if it's a good strike, they're going to be frenzied. They're going to be invested into that strike. Right. Yeah. I, and maybe I can, I don't know the, the correct terminology, but that's kind of how I described it to him. And he's like, okay, yeah, I, I think I'll be able to tell. And, and sure enough, those dogs popped off and, and he looked at me and he's like, like that. And I'm like, yep, like that. And so we got out <laughs> and, and, and we, we got out and, and let those dogs go. And, uh, and the rest is history, right? They, um, they lined out real quick, went up over a couple different, uh, ridge tops and, and into a drain, a couple drainage, uh, a pretty thick drainage a few miles away. And, uh, and end up showing up treed. So we just had to kind of take a look at, uh, at our map and figure out how, what was the best way to get in there, you know, and, and we, we made it happen, but he ended up, we ended up getting in there and there was a beautiful, big old brown phase, uh, black bear in that, in a pretty thick Doug Douglas fir tree. And, uh, and it, I mean, this thing, it measured out at six, seven, nose to tail so wow. it was a decent bear de real decent bear um and he shot it with his hit with his bow which made it that much cooler too made an awesome well, shot we got up to the tree yep got up to the tree made an awesome shot clean ethical shot and that that bear which you know um it's always nice when 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 you take any kind of risk that it ends up like that right um so uh it was it was a really awesome first experience for me as far as like guiding went um mm -hmm. but like i mentioned i just kind of did it part-time because to me i enjoy just chasing more more than harvesting right and yeah. you also have i'm on i kind of have that line of thinking where you know the less game that i'm harvesting or helping harvest right uh the more opportunity it will be to chase that game right so in I, I did For some, sure. I did some harp. I, I did harp, you know, I was part of harvesting a few bears this spring season, but a lot of it was just, I was in it for the chase. So, um, that's kind of well, where my pack. You go harvesting them, you know, like a lot of those, I was wondering how that season would go out there for you guys. Cause I, I heard the same thing, you know, you talk to a lot of people in this business and, uh, right. You know, I think that switch from lion dogs to running bears was a lot harder on guys than they expected, which, yeah. I mean, I've lived that firsthand trying to change game species. It's, it's a lot harder than a guy would think. Um, 100%. It's crazy to me that the old dogs coming in, I'm sure there were a pile of them coming in from out of state for guys to get some experienced dogs. Cause you guys have never had a bear season for hounds. No, this is like new. Do you guys, uh, when did this season end? It was April 15th through through. Um, so there's kind of two, two dates to, to think of here. You have May 25th and that's where it ends. Um, as far as harvesting of black bears for houndsmen only right specifically okay. the season we, we we then can continue to hunt until or i should say chase pursue right pursue 
until June 15th. There's a like a two week training period at the end of the season for for houndsmen. Um, meanwhile, spot and stalkers, right, um, can continue to harvest until June 15th. Gotcha. So, so um, it'll be interesting yep. to see what the numbers are, like how oh. how they ended up, like the hounds versus still hunters. Because you can you bait there? Like, no, you can't right. No, thankfully, I mean. I guess everybody has their opinions. I uh, I personally like the fact that you can't bait, um, but you know, and, and and maybe that's just me because I haven't been exposed to it. Right? I I have no <laughs> idea how it is hunting with baits, and uh, but I I kind of just like the fact of to me it's a little bit more of a fair chase. Maybe um, when you're out and about and you're not like driving to a specific point. But sure. um, that's just me. Everybody has their preference. Everybody has I, to make that call. I right. mean, like everybody you know. sets their own moral compass. And yep. It's, yeah. uh, you know, like the states, I know that they can bait. Like I actually came from a baiting family here in Oregon. You know, we okay. didn't run dogs right except for, I, you know, I had my great uncle and stuff I found out later. Uh-huh. But, you know, to use that as an opportunity, I know I've talked with Ross a ton, Elwanger, about it. It's like, man, that is the perfect setup for training season. Like oh, you yeah. could ask for to get opportunities and this and that. But I, right. I on the flip side, I see where you're coming from. He, it, there's right. something more primal about it in some people's eyes. Yeah, no. And, and like I said, I have uh, I have no qualms or issues with the use of, you know, of a, of a bait site. But it kind of made it nice, um, I guess, for for around here because it's just i guess one less way to harvest mm-hmm. um a black bear you know because um at least some of the i i guess some of the people i've talked to in the panhandle of idaho um they've kind of mentioned that there's just a ton of people that use baits over there and so um oh, yeah. it kind of almost saturates the, the hunting area i feel like but but like I said, it's oh, unless sure. unless you kind of experience it, you can't really talk much on it. Um, so that's kind of just probably where I stand with it. I just have yeah. to kind of experience it before I could really say a whole lot on it. But um, yeah, I'd still, I'd, sure. I'd give it a shot. I'm sure. Yeah. So everything. I mean, this year it was going smooth. You ended up. I mean, if you want to share numbers, you can. Um, mm-hmm. But I know you had mentioned a number what you guys caught in that basically month that you were running is oh, that yeah, about was, what the time frame is um so it was actually a little over a month um it was so it was actually the whole up until uh, that wolf incident i i mentioned to you um mm-hmm. so it was actually basically the whole bear season i'd end up um chasing and treeing 29 bears um which is for, for me, I th- I'm like, wow, that's that's uh, a lot more than I thought I was actually ever um, going to come close to, to catching. For um, sure. But I, I think a lot of it was, though, to be honest with you, Jason, um, it was definitely some beginner's luck. There's a ton of things <laughs> that fell in place for someone like me, who's very, very much so a novice, uh, to have a season like that, you know. Um, just, it was, I, I just think certain situations, uh, on days that I happened to be out and about in the woods with my dogs just kept lining up and making it that much easier for a pack like mine <laughs> to, to hit that number. Um, like I said, um, there was a one day where I'm like, I don't even know if I, this was in April when I still just had the three, um, before going down to Arizona and getting those other two, um, I was out and about, uh, and I decided I'm going to go do some, some shed hunting, look for some sheds, but I'll call her up the dogs and, and I'm going to side hill through here. And, and, and you know what, if we get on a bear, we get on a bear. And I was definitely thinking, eh, probably not a good chance of it, but I mean, I'm not 15 minutes into, to looking for a shed. Um, and the dogs just all took off barking like crazy. And I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. You know? And (laughs) And it was so nice, um, and in a way, you know, I, I really have to give a lot of credit where it's due, and that's and that's actually to that that 
goofy old plot that I had. Um, because of her, I was able to, when those dogs took off, right, she was so well finished and not very trashy. You know, every, you know, every dog sometimes will have a day, but she was so, um, so broke of trash, it seemed that I just never, it was never a question like, is that a good, yeah, you know, so I, and as an, as a novice, you don't get that opportunity a lot. I don't think, you know, usually that's something that you train up to. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was really, um, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my success this bear season came from that pup trainer. Um, undoubtedly, you know, like a, a dog that get, enables you to be like, as long as they go, you know, it's good. That, that's a huge process of, of getting your dogs to chasing a bear successfully that I had, a, a, you know, a huge process of that, um, was basically taken out of the equation, right? Everything leading up to, sure. you know, uh, you know, that, that whole part of, are they trash broke? Are they going to, you know, kind of flare off and chase something different? Cause they're getting uninterested, you know, you kind of skip I that step. Right. Because that, that, that pup trainer, that, that old tink dog I had, she, she just kind of kept those dogs in line. Like, Hey, this is what we're chasing. And, and those pups, you know, they really trusted her and, and stuck with her and, and they got to see a ton of bears because of it. And, and like I said, they even, um, you know how I mentioned she, she was kind of a tree climber and her joints were stiff and mm -hmm. well, those pups got to a point about how I'd say it's probably about middle of May when I'm taking clients out where they were at times leading the races, right? They were, I, that, especially that blue tick I had was just, she was a dog from the, the time I got her all the way back in December, I'd go out in the middle, you know, middle of a blizzard and she'd run off 50 yards sniffing around, you know, just naturally very curious um, and and just super independent. And I feel like that if you can get a handle on an independent dog, uh, yeah. they're just going to be one of your better dogs. And and she was and she like I said, she was she was leading races, um, you know, well into the end of the bear season. Um, so it was just kind of a. Uh, everything just kind of panned out had an awesome pup trainer the dogs learned quickly um added two two pretty solid dogs into the mix and and getting achieving that number of 29 bears um really when i think about it was 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 because of just having a dog that really taught taught me a ton man like i oh yeah I was, I was sitting back, you know, all I did was, you know, I fed them, I, I pointed them in the right direction kind of thing. Um, as much You're as you taxi. can, right? Right. I'm the taxi. I'm like, okay, there's going to be bears in the woods. All right, Tink, do you do the work? Right. So, um, I was really just kind of sitting along for the ride and, 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 and really being trained by a hound dog, right? Like, like mm -hmm. advance puts it, you know, they, they are the ones that will, will oftentimes be the ones teaching you. And, and so that's kind of, kind of how that season went for me. Just a lot of, of, of riding along and, and, and learning as much as I could from, from those finished dogs. And even for my pups, I mean, they, they, they kind of helped, give me some insight on, on things that pups are learning along the way. Oh yeah. Well, and like we were talking, you know, it can be done, you know, just get a pup and start. But oh, I guess yeah. the easy way for me to put it is when you got a couple of novices, I mean, it's hard enough to take two puppies and put them together, like, and have them figure stuff out. You go train and throw in a handler that's a novice and a dog that doesn't know anything, I, I mean, you are leaps and bounds ahead if you can find something like Tink. You know, oh, find man. something to at least get the momentum going. The natural instinct and things will take over, and then you can emphasize that, and you can tailor, you know, pay attention to that dog, and eventually you'll start seeing what they need on an individual basis. But, man, you just shave out so much time and fuel and frustration. And, <laughs> you know, I, I guess it all comes with a different set. You know, you kind of open in Pandora's box there. Like every oh, yeah. different situation. 
but I would encourage most new guys getting into it. Like that is really your best option is to find something that can help train those dogs with you. Because you think back, like you've talked a lot about Ed. I mean, you think about Ed and Van Johnson and Warner Glenn and like all these Dale Lee brother or the Lee brothers. And those guys weren't hunting on weekends. And I think that there's such an unrealistic goal that's put out there, especially for, how do I say this nicely? And I I don't mean to offend anybody by this, but like the novice level of houndsmen, we're in a different class. I think Uh, like if you're going to have your hierarchy, there's guys like the Lee brothers and Warner Glenn, they were out there every single day. It was a way of life. It was a necessity in life for them to continue, you know, ranching in some cases or guiding. It was, it was the means to a life. Most of us have nine to five jobs, right? (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's how the world is. We, if you're not independently wealthy, you're not going to have the time to dedicate. That's how those guys made those dogs. It is not hunting once or twice a week. It is not hunting during season and then they sit the rest of the year without being touched. It was a daily contact with those dogs. And if you can't dedicate that level, you can't expect those results. You know, I think you are one person that got extremely lucky uh, and combine that with your ambition and your objectiveness to everything that was going on that was a winning ticket for you. And it gave you a a real good look at the broader spectrum of this whole world of hounds, because I'm sure like you've heard all the train wrecks there. I wish we could get a whole episode, just like a cut episode. Here's a chunk in train wrecks, best of kind of deal (laughs) because we all have them. Mm -hmm. But it's that point that you start getting discouraged. I, I know you and I were talking couple days ago or yesterday i think and we were talking about that that time period where the newness is worn off like the honeymoon's over it's time to get gritty and and you're either going to get gritty with it or you're going to quit the it factor let's say as a houndsman that is a rough place to be i teetered on that edge for so long i mean like four or five years of like, dude, I just need to hang this up. I am beating my head against a wall. I don't have it. This is not going to work out. And then something happened. And I don't know if there's one thing I could attribute that to, but there were a combination of events that just really made me look at it differently. And you realize like you can't hold yourself to a standard that you have no way (laughs) of having the exposure to get to that level. Well, and I think that's, you, just you know, even just keeping a dog tuned up that's mm-hmm. at that level and performing, like if you can't do it, I'll tell you, it makes you feel bad. Mine are yeah. sitting and it's, it's killing me because <laughs> I know I'm not giving them their fair shake. Right. Right. But I think a lot of it comes down to what you already mentioned too, Jason is coming to the realization that like, Hey, you know, a lot of us, um, houndsmen out there or the, even uh us novice novices that are just getting started um or just can't break through some kind of plateau right uh we have to realize that we don't have the, that time right because i think that one of the most important ingredients in uh in you know developing hounds and this is just my personal you know belief is it's time and an exposure for your dogs that are going to be like a huge recipe to success. And it's like, like you said, the more you're out there, the more your dogs are out there, you know, the better your odds of, of, you know, of getting to that end goal or, or just even making progress. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think a lot of it too, is just kind of being, you have to be, uh, you kind of have to be a realist, right. You kind of have to be like, Hey man, like, this is the time I have. So you can't, I guess what I'm trying to say, you can't have like unrealistic 
expectations, right? Like you, you set gotta, the bar. Right, right. Um, and, I, and I don't know. That's just kind of how I continue to motivate myself. If I'm not hearing, mm-hmm. you know, from, from another houndsman, like, hey, man, like, keep, you know, keep your chin up. These things happen. Um, I have to kind of t- tell myself um, and develop that mental toughness. Just like, like, hey, like, things aren't going to always go your, your way. Now, I'm, like you said, a, <laughs> um, I was a, a unique case, you know, this bear season, um, just getting to from, from point A to point B because of that pup trainer I had, a phenomenal pup trainer. But um, I will tell you that with a bunch of success, um, can you know it, it can kind of blind blind you to things, um, and and that's kind of what happened to me, right? So I was just on this roll, this awesome roller coaster of a ride at times that was uh, it was it was exhilarating and uh, and humbling because. I had made so much progress only to have a lot of it come crashing down. And, and that was, um, on June 11th, actually. And this is what kind of what I mentioned to you earlier, Jason, with that wolf incident. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having the success counting the numbers like, okay, that's bear number 25. Let's hit 30 before the season ends. Right. Um, and, I'm I'm going out there on a rainy day. I'm like, oh, these bears—they've treated so many. This rainy day ain't gonna be nothing. We're gonna we're gonna treat a couple bears, and we had actually treated two bears, um, two smaller, about five foot bears, and and we ended up uh, on our we end up getting up to uh, taking this old skid trail road, uh, and unbeknownst to us, there was some logging equipment on it. So we we were like, oh, okay, we got to turn around. If we strike a bear, you know, if we strike a bear on a way out, um, you know, we'll let the dogs go. Let's get one more. Let's, let's, let's get another bear. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, let's do it. It's always that last of course one. The dogs. Just so you know, oh, yeah. for future, oh, yeah. it's always the last one. Oh man. Yeah. And it definitely was. So, we, I mean, we let those dogs out and, uh, and it's actually kind of funny because, uh, these dogs, and I don't know if you've experienced this, Jason, but on a real red hot bear, sometimes I feel like the dogs, even a good dog will, will backtrack at least a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, right. They'll shoot off the road and you're so like, okay, we sense. got a race going. And then, you know, hundred, 200, 300 yards, depends. Right. Um, all of a sudden those dogs will stop hopefully. Right. And, uh, and they turn around and they go the other way. And that's kind of what happened on this one. They, they, they'd shot, um, on the downslope of the road and, shot off there and end up like oh no we don't like this turned around about 100 yards down they turned around and went back up on the uh the top side of the road and they went up and we're going and 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 went over this ridge top that the ridge top was from where the road was on that mountain it's probably about six seven hundred yards to that ridge top and it's a pretty steep country over in my part of uh western montana and uh so we're like man you know we're gonna have to find a way and to, to get to those dogs because we don't we lost our comms with them and you know me i'm always kind of a little extra cautious i'm like man i don't like being out of comms with the dogs let's hurry up and so got all my buddies in the truck and we were we drove over to a spot a gated road that took us into that draw the adjacent draw to us and uh we had comms initially on our hike in and there's like, we kind of went around this bend and on, and let me back up there. When we got to the gate and had communication with the dogs, they were treeing right in the bottom of this draw, real thick, darker draw, tons of treat, right? There's no, no clear cut, no commercial thins in this, in this draw. So it was really thick Just draw. Big timber. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and any roads that were, went in there were gated all year round. Right. So keep that in mind, but the dogs were treed barking like crazy and by the time we by the time like we went around this bin kind of lost some comms with them for about 10 minutes at time we got uh, went around that bin and got uh, our comms back uh those dogs that we had on the tree were like spaced out 
150 to 100 yards apart from each other in silent, dead silent. And so, you know, me trying to be an optimist, I was telling my buddy, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're on, uh, you know, a, a sow and cubs or something, just trying to maintain mm-hmm. some kind of optimism. Well, that optimism quickly uh, dissipated when I was starting to find fresh wolf sign on the, the, the gated road I was on hiking into the dogs. And, uh, you know, the further we got in, the more wolf sign I was, you know, finding, still not hearing dogs, you know, and I got about 200 yards from where my dogs were and not hearing them at all. You know, I started sprinting, sprinting down to the dogs. And uh, the very first dog I came up on was that pup trainer, Tink, that we've been talking about. And, and, you know, she was just lying there stretched, uh, a wolf pack had came in and, and got all the dogs on that tree. Uh, my two dogs, uh, Tink and Stormy, that blue tick I'd mentioned, she was just a pup. And then, uh, and then three of my, uh, three of my buddy's dogs. So, so they came through there and it was a bigger pack too. Um, you know, cause we had, we had let go of 12 dogs on that race. Um, and, uh, five ended up dead and three ended up injured and the rest of them, uh, ended up, you know, scared pretty bad. So, uh, it wasn't definitely not, uh, not a good way to finish, uh, you know, a bear hunt. Um, but, um, it was, it was also kind of, it, it, it kind of, in a way there was some, some, some learning, even, even though learning to be had, even though it was a really, really kind of horrific moment for me and my buddies, um, you know, it was kind of a cautionary tale to, to just, uh, when you can't, I know in the springtime, it's hard, um, to kind of look for wolf sign, but always just kind of obviously keep that thought in your head that, yeah, um, especially if you're hunting in wolf country, right? I mean, if you're not hunting in Montana, you know, you're more concerned about losing a dog, a dog getting run over, uh, a bear getting hold of a dog, right? Well, those are all hazards of running hounds over here, but we got, you know, an extra one, a wolf. And, uh, and it's just kind of one of those things where you're just like, man, you know, sometimes in in hindsight's 2020, right? Um, you never know and you can't beat yourself up um, when you lose dogs in a situation like that, because, uh, you know, we had, we'd treat bear around that area. Um, just not that specific draw. We treat a ton of bear over there. Um, and you see, so you just don't know when or where you'll run into wolves. Uh, but it, it happens and, and they're not just stories that here, I mean, and here I am. So a novice, right. Um, I had the mentality that's a oh, those spot, those old timers, you know, I, I've never seen a wolf in all these races. I've treated all these bears and, you know, not ran into one wolf, even in, in areas where there's wolf sign. Well, that kind of thinking eventually caught up on me, you know, caught up to me. And uh, and yeah. I found out the hard way that, yeah, they're, um, you know, these hazards that houndsmen um, continue to to warn other houndsmen of are very real. And are something that you really do need to consider. Um, and, and that was just kind of a really tough lesson for me was that, you know, the advice people give out to you, uh, definitely, definitely take it. Because um, oftentimes, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, it, it's worth it's worth at least considering. And, and in that situation, it definitely sure. was so. Um, and another thing too, and that's an extreme high and low. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. To go through that season and, and be at that level. I mean, it's an incredible first season. You know, when, when you were talking numbers on the phone the other day, you know, I'm thinking, okay, novice, he's getting out a couple times a week, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, a guy who catches 10 bear in that season. I mean, that's Good doing season. really well. Yeah. That's Where you set, you know, we all have to set our own bar. And mm-hmm. my bar is going to be different than the next guys. And the hard part is holding true to that, like knowing when we're falling short of that on our end and knowing when we need to push harder too. 
but I think the numbers game people get so wrapped up on. And like you said, even you're setting a different goal. The goal shifted from exposing those dogs to bears and building a pack and building everything on that to 21, 22, uh-huh. 23. I totally been there. You know, it's a tough spot and it, unfortunately it takes big things to make you realize that in the beginning, small adjustments make big movements. When you start the ball rolling, man, it takes something pretty big to get your attention when you're feeling on top of the world. Oh man. Yeah. And I mean, now, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to take the positive out of, out of what happened. Right. Um, and, and that to me is right now, like as a novice hunter, go back to the basics. The pu- I got, I got some pups now again, right? I, I have three finished dogs and they'll, they'll still catch bear just fine. But I, myself, I'm, I'm going back to the basics, why I'm doing this. Right. And that's because it, for me, it's, it's the love of the chase, love watch. I love watching the passion that each one of these dogs have, because it just feeds my passion for what I do. Um, so it's going back to realizing why I love, um, running dogs. Right. And then also, um, the whole training aspect. This is, I mean, the reason why I started listening to these podcasts was because the information I heard on training new pups and just that kind of information was fascinating to me. And, and I love trying to apply that myself. And as a novice, that's hard to do, but yeah. I like that challenge. And, and so like now I'm, I'm finding myself, okay, on my, on my day off, or uh, I'm going to devote a 30 to 45 minute time, uh, time frame to training these two different puppies individually, right after work. Right. And, and so that's kind of my, I've shifted gears now to where I'm not like, I'm going to take out my finished dogs. In which I still take them out and, and maybe we'll try to find a coon or something like that just to work them. Right. But I'm mm-hmm. really kind of shifting gears back to where I was originally. Right. So in a way, um, yeah, I was kind of humbled. Full this, circle this, this real season. quick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's wild, man. I mean, in some ways though, like <laughs> be thankful it all happened in one year. I right. mean, really, you you probably learned more this year than most people get an opportunity to do in in several, just because of opportunities. Yep. yep. But I mean, the story, and, and this is gone kind of how I had it in my head, man. Like I feel like this is gonna connect with somebody. There's one person out there this is gonna hit home with that that's really on that brink of giving this up. Mm-hmm. I will tell you nine out of 10 people I know that have given this up. All they did was take a break. Yep. The, if it's in you, it's in you and it's going to be in you. It may be a five year break. It may be 10 years. It may be 20. I've got guys that are getting back into this in their seventies. I've talked to, they haven't coon hunted since they were a kid, but now they have time and they want to go do something and get out of the house. And man, more power to you. That is such a cool story to hear yeah. because it's that love for the dogs and the draw to it of what we do. Right. And, and, and here's the thing with, with what we do, the biggest thing you have to be okay with, at least to me, right. My opinion is the unpredictability of what we do, right. Because there are so many factors mm-hmm. that you can't control. And that was a big thing for me. And and, and I experienced that firsthand, right? Things that are out of your realm of control, right? Like you, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I had no idea there was wolves in that drop. High risk, right? low frequency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to Stephen's yeah. podcast. Yeah. We'll throw our shameless plug in there for you, bud. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's it. And, uh, and I, I, I think another, another thing, my biggest takeaway fr- from all this too was just, always go back to the basics. I feel like if you're ever kind of in it, you get it, hit a rough spot, go back to the basics, uh, you know, seek counsel from like-minded guys too. You know, that's been huge mm-hmm. for me. Guys that understand and have been there are the, are the people you need to talk to. That's what's helped me through all this too. You know, it's just, just finding, finding people like that, telling yourself what you already know in your heart to be true, you know, right. Which is, 
you know, I don't, it's just being realistic with yourself and your expectations yeah. and that, and that from this point on, that's going to be kind of what I do and going to keep me sane. Hopefully. <laughs> that's a good approach, man. Yeah. Cause I really do feel like the training that happens with these dogs, it is not one-sided. I, I mean, I've learned more from my dogs than I have from 90% of people on this planet. Um, but with that, it, I'm trying to think of the right words. This is such a, a cool topic that we've got to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I've just really enjoyed it because it really hit home with me and the denial that I went through for years and the face that, you know, I put on when I felt like I had to perform under pressure. And yeah. it, when I finally started having fun with it again, I mean, thanks to Sonny Turner, out watching an 80 year old man dancing in the middle of the road while they're burning up a fox man it it took it from i gotta get this number the next number the next number i gotta show this i gotta do that and it got fun again man it's the same thing you're talking about you go back to the basics just like with these these dogs you know the pups the whole point of training is consistency and setting that foundation so you can default that's where they're gonna go in a panic situation it's, you know, muscle memory or brain memory, however you want to say it, you revert back to your lowest level of preparedness, right? So to me, that's where we've got to learn too, you know, and I think your objectiveness and really watching is what kept you in that. Like you, you definitely, I feel like are going down the right path. And I am just really hoping this I hope this connects with someone, man. I'm telling you, someone needs yeah. to hear this in the hound world right now. Oh, absolutely. And it right. has been a great, great conversation. I, If you're open to it, but I would love to touch base with you again sometime oh, and absolutely. see how this progression goes because you're in a whole new world now. Like coming back after oh, getting yeah. a dog killed, that's rough. And that's usually when a lot of these guys that I've talked with, they pull the plug. Yeah. It's a rough hurdle to get over. Um, I I would love to touch base with you again, Aaron. This has been killer. Yeah, I I would uh I'll, I'll definitely definitely love to to talk to you again about all this. Hopefully uh you know what I'm telling you is is something that I can actually apply, right? Cuz it's one thing to to talk on it, but it's a whole other thing to <laughs> to apply what, what you're trying to do and and so I'm going to give it my best shot and I'll uh, continue to, I, you know, one big thing I do, um, one really important thing I do is, is constantly touch bases with other houndsmen. Like, Hey man, like, you know, I'm trying this with this pup and it's just not working. You know, am I doing something? Is this on me? Probably, but is this on me? You know, and, and (laughs) doing a lot of that, especially for as an, like a novice, like myself, um, has really helped me. Um, right. And especially it's, it's helped me right now with the pups that I got going on. I've, I've constantly referred to some pretty big names around here. Brad Jones, Joe Bebo. Those are big, big houndsmen. Um, Adeline Richardson uh, in, in Western Montana that really, really know what they're doing. So um, I'm just fortunate, you know, and, and here's one thing I will say, just I know we're getting a little long here. Um, oh, we're good to, to to those novices out there. Like, don't, don't be afraid to reach out and, 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 and don't be afraid to, to come across as not knowing that much. Right. Because I, I am that person that doesn't know much. And I will be the first though, to tell anybody, I don't know much. Help me out here. You know, what am I doing wrong? You know, and, and that has helped me though, learn so much. The little I do know it's from that. Right. And I'm going to, I'm still continuing to, to piece the puzzle together. Right. So uh, I would just encourage people to ask questions and, and not have too much pride or, you know, your dogs do well, start, if they start doing well, also remember where you came from too, because that was another thing. I was, I was right there. I was right. I was one of those people. Oh, my dogs are so, you know, so much better than these guys or, you know, you just got to be careful. You know, when you start experiencing that success, remember that your dogs can still make liars of you uh, any day. (laughs) Any day. 
No, you you hit it on the head, man. And I would say, like, the questions, send them to us. I mean, I yeah. know all of our podcast contributors are constantly getting questions. I mean, that's kind of how we got hooked up in the beginning was just conversations about the podcast and some training. So mm-hmm. don't hesitate to reach out to us. Give us a call. Send us an email. You know, we'd be happy to and maybe even get you on as a listener, you know, hop on here with us and and let's kind of dissect and dive into it a little bit. Yeah. And I would just really encourage people. I mean, if we're giving out plugs here, if this episode hits home, share it with somebody, because I guarantee if, if you are relating to this, like we, I think most of us have been there. Send that on to somebody who, you know, is going to need that encouragement. It might be easier to take in this form than, you know, conversations sometimes can get tough. I just, I would encourage you guys share this around, leave a review if you can. I mean, that'd be great too. But to me, getting this out for somebody, if we can keep one person in our sport because they didn't give up when really they have everything in the making to be that lifetime role model for someone else or to be a good representation for us when it comes to the general public. I mean, that's what we need to be breeding and harvesting in our, within our group. So absolutely, man, thanks again, Aaron. That was, that was really good. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jason. I had a, a lot of fun today. Awesome, man. Well, we'll touch base here real soon. All right. Sounds good.